0: Welcome to the AEW Match Guide Podcast, where we deep dive into the best matches in AEW history. Brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network and your host, Sam Brown. Yes, hello and welcome to the AEW Match Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Brown. Thank you for joining me. Every week, alongside a special guest, I take an in-depth look at one of the best matches in AEW history, taken from the definitive AEW Match Guide lists as voted by wrestling commentators from around the internet wrestling community. If you enjoy the show today, subscribe and rate it on your podcast app of choice, support the podcast financially on Red Circle, and make sure you check out all of the other great shows on the Social Suplex podcast network, such as One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, All Things Elite, the Grave Consequences podcast, and Great Match Generator, that cover all aspects of the world of pro wrestling. My guest for today is a man with a proclivity for positivity, Floyd Johnson Jr., the host of All About All Elite here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. And we are looking at Cody Rhodes versus Semi Guevara, the TNT title unification ladder match from Dynamite Beach Break on January 26, 2022. How are you going today, Floyd?
1: I am doing great. I am very happy to be on the show. The show is all things elite, sir. Um, Whoa, goodness. (laughs) Hey, no, no, uh, you follow social suplex. You probably already know that you've heard my voice before. Uh, Yeah, I am looking forward to doing this because especially you, you you gave me a choice between the FTR and Cody and, you know, that's splitting my heart in half, but I picked this one because, Uh, Of my affection for Cody Rhodes, it being his last match in AEW. But more importantly for me is the first match in AEW Dynamite history was Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara. And if Mm. you're looking at uh, Cody Rhodes coming down to the ring after his tremendous intro and you look to a right, you will see a large black face. And with a huge smile on his face. And it was me. I was there for Cody and Sammy's first match. Not unfortunately did not make it for their uh, last match because you can't be at everything, but I was there for the first match.
0: And uh, for those of you who don't know Floyd, Floyd is a man who does get to a lot of things aw but even he cannot be at every single dynamite um look floyd i'm really glad to have you on to talk about cody for a few reasons number one of course anyone that knows you and if you don't know floyd he is a giant cody rhodes fan one of the biggest cody rhodes fans i know but he is also a really fair man so um i think we're going to be able to have a really great discussion about the legacy of cody rhodes and of course at the start of this season, season two of the uh, Match Guide podcast, I wanted to cover off the, you know, the big events that happened in this year of AEW that, you know, most of the matches are going to be covered in. So that's from Double or Nothing 2021 to Double or Nothing 2022. And, of course, we've got the CM Punk debut. We've got the Brian Danielson debut covering both of those things. But there are very few things that happened in that year that were as big as Cody Rhodes' leaving the company that he helped found. Um, So we're going to have a chat about, Cody Rhodes, what his, you know, what the le- the year leading up to this match was like for him. Uh, we're going to chat about the match itself, the ladder match, which was a big deal at the time, five star match from Dave Meltzer and all that, of course. Really got rave reviews. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to talk about the legacy of the man, Cody Rhodes, in AEW. Uh, so I think we have got lots of really interesting ground to cover, and I-, I think I've got the best possible person on with me today to to do that, Floyd. My first question for you though to to kick us off, uh, as I said, you're a big Cody Rhodes fan, and I want to know, you know, when did you become a Cody Rhodes fan and what was it that sort of draw you to you to Cody Rhodes initially?
1: So, been a wrestling fan all my life, I'm not going to go through that part of it, but because I did because of that, uh, Rhodes has been in my life my whole life. Uh, whether it was Dusty when I was born and first getting into wrestling, uh the natural Dustin Rhodes in nineteen ninety and then when Cody came out with Legacy and he came out and I of course rooted for Legacy because it was son of uh son of the million dollar man you know uh son of Dusty and uh, son of you know and son of Bob Orton. So I was like dude these are people I grew up watching. Now there's their kids. I like them but I was like I never really fell in love with them. And, and then he did dashing And he did all the roads The the angle The character that Really turned me to Cody Rhodes That would I'd say turned me From someone that supported him In a kind of an ancillary situation To someone that was Actively like rooting for him Was Stardust And people might say really? Stardust Stardust is terrible Okay That's the thing Everyone knew Stardust was terrible, right? Everyone knew it was terrible. Including Cody. (laughs) No one more so than Cody. (laughs) Cody. But you you have never seen anyone put as much effort and as much thought Mm. into a terrible gimmick as Stardust was. Like, there were times when it came to Stardust where it was like, he was playing it so well, I saw, like, man, he could be... John Cena, of course, was the superhero. He could be John Cena's Joker, you know, because he he played everything so irrational and then just didn't care, you know. And I was like, you know, he gave me very much Joker in the Dark Knight vibes, right? It was Mm. such, everything was so random. So I thought he could be that for them. So so I started like watching Stardust. I actually followed him on Twitter at this point. I had never followed Mm. many people on Twitter, I didn't really use Twitter at this point. And within, I started learning a little more about him. He was in the superheroes. He was in the comic books, and it then they did the crossover with Stephen Amell. And at the time, my favorite TV show at the time was a show called Arrow, and the star was Stephen Amell. And they had that match at SummerSlam. I actually to have a like uh, Rob Schomburg did a special uh, print. Of that match and I, I have it actually signed by Stephen Amell and Cody Rhodes because such a big fan of this so it actually I was a huge fan of Emil, kind of a fan of Cody and then those words crossed over and I became more of a fan of Cody and when he left when he left and uh, then uh, you know you started seeing his uh, indie run. I didn't really watch indie wrestling at that time. So I missed a lot of the beginning of the indie run, but uh, his, um, they announced him as a member of the bullet club. They did the Mm -hmm. bullet club video, the American nightmare bullet club video. And they said he was going to be at that next, uh, uh, next wrestle kingdom. And I said, okay, I'm going to watch that. He's actually the reason I ever saw Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada. Otherwise (laughs) I would have never saw that match, which that match literally changed how I watched wrestling for the rest of my life. Same here. Like, yep. I, you know, like when I watched that match, I was like, so there's stuff outside the WWE. That's better than what's going on in the WWE. And that's what I was like. That's when I would honestly say, everybody's like, if you have the internet, you're in the internet wrestling community. That is so injure, untrue, Cause mm. my bubble was people that I knew. Right. Yep. People. It, it was like, Uh, People I went to shows with, it was a very small bubble, and we talked about WWE. After Okada, after that match, right? I, you know, that led to, you know, and then all in, that led to me meeting uh, my friend Jordan, then Jeremy, then Josh, and then Rich, and then James, that literally opened up my eyes. I mean, eventually, you, of course, opened my eyes up to. So much wrestling I had never seen, and they were like, "Well, Kawada kicks and Kobay- Kobashi and I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, oh, well, whatever." Are, what are Let me show you about?
0: this '90s old Japan.
1: <laughs> yes, because in my my head, my bubble, it was WWE. There was, you know, there was WCW. There was Impact. There was American Wrestling Television that was on national TV. I did not go out of my way to try to. Uh, reach out and find anything else, and mm. it started with the man Cody Rhodes yep. joining the Bullet Club that yep. brought me into the world. Well, it started
0: with Stardust, and
1: yeah, that's it. It really did start with Stardust. To find out, yeah. And you yeah.
0: know, like I, I was watching WWE at the time, and I was largely a WWE fan. In fact, I was pretty much exclusively a WWE fan at that point. Um, and I didn't love Cody Rhodes or Stardust much at all, but I. I really appreciated the effort that he put into Stardust. Like he would, he never broke character. He would show up to interviews as Stardust and he'd even refused to acknowledge that he was Cody Rhodes. He'd say, you know, he was, you know, uh, related to Cody Rhodes in some, or that Cody Rhodes had left or, you know, it was a bit ambiguous, but he, he never broke character. And I really appreciated that. Even if I didn't, you know, love exactly what was going on when it came to the actual wrestling side of things. So, yeah, I'm not going to get into to my own personal history, but that was fascinating to hear, Floyd, how Cody was like your gateway uh, to to everything else that that came out there, and of course, you've you've remained a loyal fan of his to this day. So, yeah, let's let's get into let's fast forward a bit. We'll we'll get into sort of the match that we're here to. To talk about today, uh, of course, it is Cody Rhodes versus Semi Guevara, the TNT title unification ladder match um, from Beach Break that happened on January 26, 2022. Fun fact for everyone listening out there: I know from the analytics, most people aren't Australian. Uh, January 26th is Australia Day, uh, so next time it happens on something happens on January 26, you can file that one in your memory banks um, for future reference. But the match itself um, that happened on Australia Day, uh, Dave Meltzer he gave it five stars. As I said before, um, capping off interestingly. The the first match that Cody Rhodes had for AEW against his brother Dustin was rated five stars, and the last match that he had for AEW was rated five stars by Dave Meltzer, so nice bookends there for Cody. Currently on Cage Match, it's rated 8.52, and when we did the definitive match guide earlier this year, it came in 10th, so a match that was very well respected at the time uh, and the love for it continued when we did the voting after double or nothing, 2022. So it's, you know, a match that is held in, in really great regard, but let's talk about the build to it. Uh, Of course, There are two people in this, and we've talked a lot about Cody Rhodes already. Uh, But I do want to talk about Sammy a little bit, Floyd, um, because this is the first time we've had a match that has a singles match that Sammy has been in. We've covered him in some larger matches with the Inner Circle, the Blood and Guts match, and the Stadium Stampede. This is the first singles match we've talked about for Sammy, and he is someone who has been – Really heavily featured by the company, a youngster. Uh, Of course, he was part of one of the first matches that happened in AEW uh, at the buy-in against Kip Sabian. I think it was the second match, technically. And, of course, as you mentioned, the first Dynamite match that aired was between Sammy and Cody. What was your first impressions of Sammy when you first saw him, Floyd?
1: So the first time I saw him was at NWA 70. Uh, Cody was wrestling Nick Aldis. And Sammy Guevara was in uh like in a match earlier in the night. I think it was like a multi man match. And I just he jumped, he was, you know, he was his heel self and he jumped over the top ropes, hit a move, and landed on his feet. And I was like, man, AEW should really look in like I was with him. One of the few shows I was with my wife, and we was like, Man, I think AEW should look into signing him. And then, you know, of course he signed. Uh, dude, super athletic uh punchable face which is very important when you're Back, not a good sir. guy yes he has that face you want to punch uh i yeah i just saw some charisma there i found out like later i was like oh it was never about like like some people had told me again take this with a grain of salt cuz you know i heard you know that he had some kind of behavioral issues that's why he wasn't signed with a major company so it was like, oh, OK. And like, but I never questioned his talent from the moment you saw him. The The major league talent was there.
0: I, I agree. He was very bare bones when I, f- I first saw him at in AEW. So the first match I ever saw of his was uh, all out. I sorry, at double or nothing. Uh, I I had heard beforehand and seen him that he was a vlogger. And that he had sort of the poor, the kind of energy that the Paul brothers conduct themselves with, and I was like, oh, that's that'd be an interesting gimmick for a heel because that is very hateable. <laughs> it turns out it was, uh, and but yeah, it it was interesting to see how quickly he did pick things up because of course he was put into that group with, uh, with Chris Jericho with the view of developing him, and you could see there was a few times they really held his feet to the fire a little bit, um, knowing that. You know, this is a guy who, of course, is very athletic and has all of the building blocks to be, you know, a great in-ring wrestler uh, and has like a certain kind of charisma. But can he hold an audience uh, and can he make it work on on TV? And there are a few times you could see Jericho like pushing him uh, when it came to promos and things like that and and pushing him to develop that style where he held up those signs. Uh, and it was great to see how he developed early on. Uh, and he quickly became like a real mainstay and became, of course, one of the pillars of AEW that fans sort of can fans sort of created. You know, Sammy Jungle Boy, MJF, and Darby Allen. Um, you know, these four are going to be the future of the company, uh, and that really sort of accelerated in 2021 um, when he won the TNT title from Miro. Now, of course, he turned face uh, alongside Chris Jericho in the Inner Circle earlier that year, um, but really got a big push, a singles push, um, and won the TN title from the T N T title from the Redeemer on September 29, and he held it until the 22nd of December when he lost it to Cody uh, in a singles match. He then beat Dustin for the interim title on the eighth of January. Um, defended it against Daniel Garcia, uh, and then they had then they came to this ladder match with Cody. Um, what did you think of Sammy's initial run, singles run with the TNT title, Floyd? Okay, so
1: I don't criticize Mr. Tony Khan very often, but uh, when I do, uh, it usually has something to do with the booking of the TNT title. Uh, this, uh, it started with Sammy and it was just like, you know, it was like, first of all, I don't think he should have ever lost it to Cody. Like Mm. I don't, I just don't, I, I, you know, I love Cody and I want to say three time Cody champion. I just, I really felt like he was super hot when he won the TNT title, Mm. super hot, was ready to go on that baby pace run. And I felt like he really needed that. Guy he you know he was putting on Good matches he was putting on great matches But he needed that feud Where he was kind of the underdog You know like Mm. you know you had Miro but you needed that feud Where people could he could be his Babyface self be his explosive Self and I just don't Feel like like at, At this time uh, it had been Like Sammy beat Miro Right Miro's title ring was Great and Between Miro and, I guess, Wardlow now, I thought every title ring in there kind of sucked. That Mm. would include Sammy Guevara's. And I'm like, they put him in there, and he put on some really good matches. But you didn't, like, that's the whole thing when I uh, talk about, you know, uh, I I will keep this very short. But uh, very much where it's like, yes, you can have great matches. You can be in the ring, and you can be the best performance fighter. But do I care about you, why you're fighting? Mm. And for a lot of his matches, like in between while he in his run, I really didn't care. It was just like, OK, that was a really good match. But I I, I couldn't tell you anything about the match. No, the match immediately went out of my head after it was over.
0: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thought because I agree that he was like at his most likable um, when he was building up to this run. You know, when they had that stuff with Fuego going against Miro and uh, then Sammy ultimately like sticking up for him and sticking with his mate. That was the most likable here. Sammy Guevara has ever been. But when it came to the actual matches, you know, he's, he had matches with guys like Tony Nese, Jay Lethal, you know, great wrestlers, but they're not telling like compelling stories. And the comparison I'd make is to Darby Allen, you know, one of the other pillars. So, you know, another up and coming guy, another very athletic, fiery guy, but the matches that he got to put on were against guys like Ethan page and JD Drake, who just like beat him within an inch of his life. And so then when he came back, it felt so compelling. Um, Whereas Sammy didn't get that sort of style. And I don't know if, you know, that was something where they didn't think that he would be able to fire up like that as, you know, an underdog sort of baby face as, as Darby Allin is, and, and you know, maybe they thought that him putting on, like, these flashy athletic matches would be the key, but I, I think I agree with you that, it, you know, it didn't quite work. Honestly, Cody Rhodes could have been that guy for Sammy Guevara um, if, you know, this weirdness with this interim title and, you know, he got beat, he beat, of course, Cody beat Sammy, um, but then, like literally two weeks later, there was suddenly an interim title created, <laughs> and Sammy went up against Dustin of all people um, to yeah, to win it. Yeah,
1: it, it, it was started. just it was yeah, like, it just felt
0: it felt like Sammy's title run sort of ran into ran into went from being hot to cold, and then they threw Cody in to try and get us like get a full-on star into it and and heat it up again um and and make it feel important again um but because of the way it got handled it just felt messy and because of as we'll get to um because of how cody was going at that time it it felt it just didn't feel like it worked right it felt a bit desperate it felt like it came out of nowhere a little bit i think
1: absolutely absolutely i just like um uh based on your point uh it was like yes COVID and it's one of those things you have to remember. COVID ruins things. COVID ruined this. Yeah, C- Cody and his whole family got COVID, so whatever the plans they had for Cody and Sammy at that period of time got completely derailed. And because it got derailed, we got this match, you know. And this match was amazing, and it was beautiful. And unfortunately, it I mean, well, I don't know how depending on what side you're on, it ended up being his last match in AEW. And it was a beautiful match. So, you know, without losing something, we we don't gain this. Yep. Yep. Let's get on to Cody. Now, this is the reason I brought you
0: in, as I said, is is you're a giant Cody Rhodes fan, but you're a fair minded fan as well. Um, I think both of us can agree that like 2019, 2020, Cody absolutely shooting the lights out 2019 he's probably the most important person in aew having those matches having that match against Dustin had a, a great pay-per-view main event against uh, Chris Jericho as well at full gear the heart and soul of the company um, 2020 obviously he doesn't he's not necessarily as high profile or um, you know he's not taking the main events but what he did with the TNT establishing the TNT title was really important for the legacy of that that title um, you know creating a belt and creating an identity for the belt uh, and then of course what he did um with brody lee to cap that off and finally handing the title off to to darby allen all excellent stuff we've covered on this show you know you're not going to hear too many negative things from me about those two years but what i wanted to ask you about floyd is is what do you think of 2021 for cody what what was going on in 2021
1: for this man? Directionless hot garbage. That's <laughs> what was going on.
0: That's it hard for
1: like... you to say. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, that broke my heart. It was harder for me to watch. Yeah. Because I'm still, you know, I'm I'm part of the Cody McGrady. And I'm just like, and everybody's like, well, he doesn't seem to have it anymore. And I'm just like, I always felt like it was very easily fixable. I always thought it was easy to fix Cody's relationship if they wanted to. And it was just like, I don't know if it was Cody being stubborn, which, you know, Cody is a very, you know, when he has an idea and when, you know, he believes in something, it's very kind of hard to change his mind. You know what I mean? And that's, and just that's
0: and just to interrupt you there. That, that's part of the magic of him. Like AEW yeah. wouldn't be a thing if he wasn't that hard headed and stubborn and thought, yeah. Yeah. I, I could make it work. So I'm going to leave WWE like not every you know, Dolph Ziggler doesn't have that kind of attitude. And that's not a slight against Dolph Ziggler. It's not who he is. And the guy is phenomenally rich and, you know, gets to do all sorts of things that I'll never get to do in my life. But he doesn't have that attitude. Cody Rhodes does. And it's it's a blessing. It gave us AEW. But
1: yeah, as you're saying, it also has its it has its drawbacks, I guess. I mean, he was cool. He should have been hit from the Mm. Anthony Agogo turned him like. I think he was already getting booed kind of, but Anthony Agogo turned him heel, (laughs) you -hmm. know, it's like when you have two sides of an argument and the guy that's supposed to be the bad guy is making all the good points and sounding smart. And then the other guy kind of sounds entitled, you know, and that's kind of what happened in that. And it was just like, and that kind of completed it. And it was just like, okay, it's obvious you should be healed. You know, you mm. should be healed. And he's like, well, this is going somewhere. We're doing something you've never seen before. So now and I'm like, OK, wait. I'm very patient. I'm very fair minded. Let's go ahead and wait. I'm like, mm. I'm waiting because what I'm seeing is crap right now. But I'll wait and I'll wait. So now we're at the end. We we it's over. We're we're away from it. There was no direction. Right. Mm. You can't come back and say hindsight being 2020 It's like, where, where were you going that you had never went before?
0: I will say about 2021, I really liked the Shaq match.
1: <laughs> That's the I, I, I love it. I thought was to me, I thought it was anytime, A great
0: celebrity match.
1: <laughs> anytime Cody was in the ring, I enjoy it. I enjoy Cody's style of storytelling. I <laughs> enjoy the over the top, the run ins, all that stuff, the bleeding yep. when they not necessarily need bleed blood. I enjoy all that. So when he wrestled Shaq, I liked it. I liked when he wrestled a go-go. I liked when he wrestled Pentagon and Sammy and all that stuff. But other part of Cody is that he, he makes you care about Mm. it. Right. Yep. I felt like he just had a bunch of matches. Yeah. I didn't really care about anything he was doing.
0: One thing I loved in the year as well. And the maddening thing about that year for 2021 was it always felt like Cody was like one angle away from suddenly being the best thing in the company again. Like, like I loved, you know, the, you remember the match he had with QT where he was refusing to put on his moves. I was like, this is brilliant. He's been an absolute dickhead to QT. He is not respecting his best friend and what his best friend wants. Like, and he is absolutely big dicking him. He's, he's like putting him in his place. Like he is, he's like, I am the alpha dog. You are below me.
1: And I'm not even going to respect you enough to like, put you out properly. I'm saying you saw it completely different than what it was intended. It was that Cody didn't want to hurt his friend, but in not wanting to hurt his friend, he disrespected him because he didn't treat him as a wrestler. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So and I, and I, I thought like, like
0: that, you know, he is that angle going a different way. And then suddenly he is the most fascinating person in AEW. Like the reason, one of the biggest reasons I am an AEW fan is I became a fan of the elite in 2018 when it was the American nightmare trying to take over the Bullet Club and take it over from Kenny Omega and being this like diabolical heel who's like whispering sweet nothings in the ears of the Young Bucks and Hangman Page and trying to turn, you know, the re- like try to turn everyone on Kenny Omega and push this guy out. It was brilliant. And I was like, mm. Let's get to that brilliant Cody again, and it just constantly felt like even you know you had the malachi thing um and it felt like that was a moment away from him suddenly being really you know like the the most interesting thing, but it just i don't know it just never clicked in twenty twenty one it was yeah it was, and and look, I've been in your shoes, floyd, like I'm a John Moxley fan, and you know like twenty twenty eighteen when he turned heel. I was like I was standing up for that thing because I was like I trust this guy like I know this guy is brilliant and I want to see what he's doing and it just like it keeps getting further and further away from what I want and I'm you know what I think is great and I want it to be great and I want my you know my favorite wrestler to be doing excellent
1: things but and it just sucks when it doesn't work out that way Yes it does and it's just like there's a default amount of Cody hate. Cody is a very polarizing uh, person on a much lower level, very much what how I remembered John Cena uh, during his yep. big run, where you when you were a Cena fan, you loved him, and you even loved him more because you felt like you had to mm. dig in because so many people hated him, mm. you know? And it was like, Cody, I think a lot of the hate he got, you know, I was already a huge fan. Don't get me wrong, but it's like I had to dig in. I couldn't admit yeah. when something was like, yeah, it's it bad. Enough. I couldn't admit that it was bad because you have my friend Rich that was just waiting for Cody to suck. <laughs> he was just waiting. He's like, oh, my God, Cody sucks. Everybody hates Cody. Cody should go away. And it was just like, OK, well, I have to dig in a little deeper. Cody's amazing. He's the reason AEW exists. And you got to go to the other extreme and it's just like, yeah. And I got caught in that, but you know, I'd have conversations with you. Look, I've be been like, there. I've been there, you'd there be with, like, with as yeah. well. <laughs> you'd be like, like Oh, Rich. you it was like, everyone would think I was crazy. And I'm like, and then I talked to someone and he's like, Oh, you are kind of reasonable. I am. But you know, some people make you yeah. get unreasonable at yeah. times. <laughs>
0: but I think, I think, for most AEW fans, it came from a place of, like, knowing how good Cody can be. As I said, like that 2019 and 2020, incredible. Some of the best wrestling. 2019, he's, like, arguably wrestler of the year. Definitely in AEW. But it's it's like, can't you make it work? <laughs> can't you make it work? And that was what was maddening and frustrating about it. So, look, we've let out enough blood on that one, I won't I won't torture you any further, Floyd. Let's get into the actual match. Although one last thing we have to talk about it. The week before this match, Cody Rhodes came out um, and stood in front of a ladder and cut a, a promo um, where he talked about CM Punk, he talked about Jay Lethal, he talked about Randy Orton, um, he talked about Sammy a little bit as well. Um, it, it became like somewhat infamous, and we have to talk about it because it's the last time he was on the microphone in this company. What are your thoughts on this promo, Floyd?
1: It pretty much was a, a, that year in a nutshell. Yep. I really don't know where you're going. Like, I enjoy it because you're cutting your promo and you're Cody and you're really good at promos. But I really have no idea where this is going. Like, what is this leading to? Is this leading to a match <laughs> with Punk? Is this or is or Orton jumping Chip? I'm like, man, why aren't we talking about the person that you're actually wrestling in? Which I understood that to a point. He didn't bring up Sammy because he didn't think Sammy was important enough to bring up. I mm. got that. You know, Sammy was beneath him. He was just going to beat Sandy and discard him. So he had all this other stuff to talk about. But it wasn't, like I said, it was very disjointed. And, of course, I dug in when it was happening. Great promo. But it it was in its delivery but in what the message he was trying to get through, I wasn't really sure of what it was he was trying to say.
0: You know, if he goes on and this year had a feud with CM Punk, it's a brilliant promo, honestly. Like, and it almost in watching it, because I re watched it just before this, and I was like, this is almost like him standing there being like, TK, pay me. I, I don't know why he left, or like, feature me, or pay me, or. Whatever it was, it's almost like his final plea to, to Tony Khan to be like, let, let's let do this deal. Like, let's let's do the deal that I want to do or whatever. It's like he's kind of trying to negotiate and, and put it all out on the table for, for TK there in the ring. And, you know, it's uh, it, it, it's like I said, like it's it's a step away from being like something brilliant. um, And yeah, it. It's weird that it's his final promo in the company.
1: That is very weird because, you yeah. know, I mean the only other one is that he did do a backstage interview after uh the Sammy match, which technically, you know, would probably been his last words as a member of AEW to the public. But again, it's just like a oh guy that delivered some of the great promos in AEW history. He was the cheerleader of AEW. He um, was
0: the spokesperson
1: in 2019, yeah, like yeah, he was before, the face
0: of the company. Yeah, he was the speech Tony
1: guy. Yeah, before Tony Khan, you know, mm-hmm. before when Tony Khan wasn't comfortable, <laughs> it was Cody. When the first person you saw after COVID was announced was Cody in the middle of the ring. Cody was AEW, and like that made like what was to come even more shocking mm-hmm. because it's just like that was him. He was the cheerleader. It was like. Kenny Omega and the Bucks, you know, may have been the heart of the elite, but Cody was the voice of the elite. Yep. Yeah.
0: Well, we will get into, as I said, we will get into more legacy talk afterwards. Um, We'll probably say a lot more positive things about him than he's 2021, but we had to do that. We had to talk about it, Floyd, because it was an important part of the year for AEW, and we're looking at it historically Let's get to the match, though. Um, It was Dynamite, of course. There was kicking off the show. No entrances. They're both in the ring at that point. Both of them, as they're announced, getting pretty mixed reactions. As we said, like, Sammy uh, had... (laughs) We'll probably talk about it on another one, like, Sammy's journey himself as the TNT champion. Um, But at this point, he is also getting mixed reactions. But you know what? The atmosphere it feels like a boiler room. It feels feels like it's bubbling like it's a cauldron it feels intense and combustible um it, it feels like it's a big match that's about to go on uh, and of course um you have the the tit- the two titles hanging above the ring what did you think of like the sort of the atmosphere
1: the presentation for this yes uh, perfect opening to dy- uh, dynamite beach break or whatever uh, perfect opening uh, use you, you know, uh, start in the ring, start with the action. You don't have to go through Cody's whole entrance, so they're in each other. It 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 brought up a intensity level. You see the uh the visual of the two belts up there. This is like something they hadn't done before. This was you know, Cody Cody uh, Sammy was technically their first interim champion, so mm. it, this was like this is a this is the result of something they had never dealt with before a champion not being able to perform. So I doubt this was treated well beginning at the beginning of the show because championship matches technically have one hour to finish. So, you know, this could take half the show, you know, if mm. not time correctly. It very much felt like a championship. Uh, it felt like a championship area. It made the TNT title feel super important at this mm. time.
0: Yep. And, you know, they get into it with a very heated looking handshake. <laughs> I love it. I love a, a tense handshake. It's a great, um, you know, where they start wrestling, they do start with like sort of more standard singles back and forth stuff. Uh, and I kind of like seeing that in a ladder match. Cause like ultimately the psychology for a ladder match is that you've got to, obviously you've got to climb a ladder to get up there, but you've got to disable your opponent enough that they're not able to, to push you off the ladder or climb up after you. So, so I like it when they, you know, don't immediately run for ladders because that's only half the battle, right? You've got to actually disable your opponent. So that obviously you start out wrestling them. It's a pretty basic setup for this kind of a match. Cody has a strength and power advantage. Sammy has speed and athleticism on his side. What did you think of like just their initial chain wrestling? It's, you know, nothing we haven't seen before, but I think it's a good start.
1: No, uh, it is kind of like in the new generation of ladder matches, you know, you know, the people run out and grab the ladder, you know. Mm. You know, that's the thing. They go out and get the ladder and they they try to trick the person in it. But we're like if you go back to the original ladder match between, you know, Sean and uh Razor, you know, the the original the one in well, the Sean knows and Brent, about, actually or, <laughs> <has>. <laughs> on a house was, show. <laughs> yes, was like, like Sean and Razor as the one that everyone knows, they wrestled a good five to ten minutes before mm. the ladder was actually introduced. It was like, we have to take you out before we introduce the ladder. So why would we go get the ladder while you're still fresh? So Mm. to me, this was a throwback to that logic in that storytelling, which again, for me, it makes sense. And it was great.
0: Yeah. Particularly in a singles ladder match, I think, um, Sammy is the first guy to get a ladder, um, but he doesn't actually get up it. <laughs> he just picks it up and then Cody sort of cuts him off as he walks back to the ring. Um, and the pair like brawl around the ring and the arena um, while they're, you know, both trying to set up ladders and failing to do so. I I like the progression of this match, like how, as we said, it starts out with the you know doing more traditional wrestling. Then they're on the outside trying, but not being able to get the ladder match up. Um, and then building up to, you know, inevitably when they do climb up, it's not something they've done straight away. It's like an earn. You've earned that right and you've earned that moment to actually get a ladder up and start climbing. The
1: build. The build. They mm.
0: built to the ladder. Yes. Yes. Me. yes. Yes. Now, the first major spot, of course, this is a ladder match. So a lot of it is going to be <laughs> big spots. And what I wanted to do was uh, just sort of list them. Off and, and we can just talk about them all in general. Um, but the first major one is Cody superplexing Sammy off the top of one of the big ladders. This one match is, you know, this match is famous for one specific spot, um, but there's quite a few of them. There's, you know, that super, superplex, um, there's Sammy getting thrown into the hinges and upside down ladder. Um, he gets thrown in stomach first and it sort of pinches him and like squeezes him a little bit. Uh, there's a figure four through a ladder. Um, there's Cody throwing a ladder at Sammy when he's going for a springboard off the top rope. Uh, there's, of course, this a giant cutter that Sammy, C- Cody is um, climbing up one of the ladders in the center and Sammy springboards off the ropes onto another ladder and reaches Cody off the top of the ladder that he is climbing in the center of the ring and pulls him down. That's the big spot everyone remembers. And it is spectacular. Um, There's Cody getting pinned under a ladder and then pushing it up, which sends Sammy off the top of, you know, one of the larger ladders onto the, onto the outside. Uh, And then there's Cody hitting a crossroads on Sammy. from about two thirds of the way up the ladders in the center of the ring. Uh, And, There's a moment which I'd completely forgotten about, but they uh, both get marooned up the top um, with the referee (laughs) moving the ladder out from underneath them. And they're both hanging on to the buckle that's got the belts on it. And they both sort of fall off those spots. Floyd, what are the ones that like stood out for you and and that you, you know, wanted to hit the
1: replay button on? Okay, so first one I forgot about today. They're on the outside of the ring. And then Sammy kind of does a springboard off the guard well and does a cutter on Cody. It ends up looking more like a stunner. So it wasn't really, it's kind of, it it didn't look like it was supposed to do. But the idea was there and it was pretty cool. Uh, They did a pretty good job on commentary of covering for this. This is JR's favorite kind of match to cover is a small guy versus a big guy. He's just, that's his thing. You know, that's like his number one match. So uh, I thought that one was pretty cool because it really did kind of come out of in no nowhere, mm. and it showed a desperation from Sammy. It established the desperation for him going like he had never beat Cody. He's going to throw everything at Cody. I liked that one, how even though it was like a bit of a stutter, it looked
0: kind of scrappy, and I like when moves look scrappy, particularly yeah. when the, you know it's part of a chaotic sort of brawl, and they're in the crowd at this point. He's jumping off a – jumping off the uh the railing so it's you know it kind of looks i like it when it's a bit scrappy and not necessarily picture perfect
1: yeah it was like it was a thought it was so funny i had to stop while i was watching today first time i've ever thought I've thought this so if it doesn't come out fully fleshed out it was a ladder match and cody was sammy's ladder huh as in sammy had not beat cody yeah get over the hump yeah be considered a top guy he had to climb the ladder which was mm. Cody.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a, I did not think of that. That's a really interesting storytelling point. That yeah, is a really you, interesting storytelling when, point.
1: Because when you watch the match, it was Sammy had to give his all, like oh, the cutter yeah. off the ladder. He had to basically sacrifice his body to try to keep Cody mm. down. And you, as the match goes, his movements get more and more desperate mm. to try and, try to, overcome cody and i thought like like i said it's just i thought that was brilliant as Mm. in how the match was done so with each escalating spot you know it got better and so it started so i think the cutter off the guardrail was like no you know you hadn't seen him really do that Mm. before and it was just like it, it started that like oh my god he's going to throw everything at cody to win this match
0: yep and a lot of these spots are like him literally throwing himself at Cody. Like for you know the one that caught me off guard that I'd completely forgotten about. Um, but that when I saw on replay, I, you know, I just gro- groaned at because it looked gross. Was uh when he goes for a springboard and Cody just throws it, yeets a ladder at him, uh, knocks him off the knocks him off the as he's perched on the ropes. Um, looks brutal, and uh, you know, at that point he is literally like. Trying to throw himself and hurl his whole body at Cody, uh, and and Cody just rams a ladder at him.
1: Cody was ruthless in this match. Yeah, if you think about the figure four through the ladder, him just throwing the ladder at him and just pushing him off the superplex off of the ladder. Yep, Cody was like he wasn't a heel, but he kind of he played the heel as much as he was willing to at that
0: point. Yep. Um, I, I want to specifically highlight the cutter because this is the ma- that is the moment in the match that everyone remembers. It's the one that gets replayed the most. It's the one that when we did the definitive match guide and I got people to comment on the matches, everyone mentioned the cutter um, that happens. These, ladder, these kind of ladder matches, they're a dime a dozen. The spot, we've seen so many different kinds of spots, but this one, for whatever reason, it caught people's eye where do you think this rates up amongst you know like your your most famous ones you sean michaels doing the doing the frog splash off the edge spearing jeff hardy the you know jeff hardy giant swanton off the
1: top um where where does this rank for you in terms of those in aew history it's a course of course one even though uh the bucks and uh The Bucks and uh, Lucha, uh, Lucha from I think yeah the Canadian
0: Destroyer off the top of the ladder through a table. It's pretty (laughs) gnarly. Yeah, yeah,
1: it was there, but it it was just like I think this one more represented the ascension of Sammy. And when Mm. you take a when you take a moment and then you add a character and uh, elevation with it, it does make the moment just a little bit more. And I feel like this is the like Sammy's had some great moments in AEW. But this is Sammy's Mm. definitive moment. The cutter off the top. This was him like, I know even though the match didn't end right there, it was him conquering, you know, Cody to a point. It's Mm. him climbing up that ladder. So it's much more of an emotional point for me. As far as in the history of uh, uh, wrestling, I don't think anything will ever be edged. You know, the spear from... uh, The Spear from uh, Edge to uh, Jeff Hardy. I don't think anything will ever beat it. If something does, you know, I I will gladly admit it. But as far as what is burned into my soul is it was like something at that point. They had done so much stuff you had never seen before at the time, but it took it to another level. But this one, this was great. And for AEW, it's probably their definitive ladder moment.
0: Yeah. I think the difference between to, to make it, you know, both of these things are insane. The the Canadian destroyer through the table off the ladder um and this, they're both absolutely mental things to do. Um but to to put it to do a comparison between the two, to quote Buzz Lightyear, one of them is just falling with style. Um whereas the cutter, like Sammy has to saw up and grab Cody and then go down and it's the soaring that is just so beautiful about it like and so graceful and so unexpected the way he is able to like launch himself upwards and over the ladder and grab Cody and wreck reach him down it, it's brilliant and Cody doesn't have to like lean into it all that much he does he's not it actually looks like sammy is the one that's pulling him off which is brilliant um for for the psychology of the move and it's yeah as you said it's the reason that there's a reason that this is the one that people remember
1: yeah it's uh perfect timing from Mm. both people the jump the catch the drop everything how the sale after the move everything was Mm. perfect about this moment yeah I don't think if they tried to recreate, if they tried to recreate that moment, it doesn't come off as smooth.
0: Yeah. It just
1: doesn't. It's just, it was just that perfect moment, the perfect anticipation for the match just Mm. done well. Yeah. And, and
0: to talk about, like you mentioned the story uh, before of, of like Sammy having to climb Cody in many ways. It's a real, like psychologically, this match, I really like a lot of elements to it in that, like Cody is really going after Sammy's legs his midsection to try and stop that explosiveness uh, and another thing I like about it is while I think Sammy probably pushes the believability a little bit in some of the ways he resurrects himself particularly in the final moments which we'll get to I like that they're not doing the uh, you know the the climb up the ladder that is one rung a minute um, which is just unbelievably slow they're they're pushing a pace where it feels like even though they might be fatigued, they are like genuinely trying to get up the ladders as quickly as possible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, 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 in a lot of ways, it did change how you thought about a ladder match, uh, because it did, I think, and this had to be on purpose between the two, the desperation of winning Mm. Cody, maintaining his spot as the TNT champion. Maintaining his spot in the company. I am better than you, Sammy Guevara. You're mm. not on my level. And versus Sammy trying to prove, yes, yeah. I am on your level. I am an elite fighter in this wrestling and in this company. And it was just like the mm. the uh the what is it? Uh, what word am I trying to look for? I lost my word. Desperation. The, yeah, the desperation, the pace that they're trying to do. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was it was great, and it led to that part of the story.
0: Mm. Um now it's not a very long match this one. Um the the final sort of I'd call it the final sequence sort of kicks in when Fuego del Sol runs in to try and reason with cody uh as cody goes after sammy's legs of course fuego uh, best friends with sammy guevara and also good friends with cody sometimes tag team partners with uh cody (laughs) question mark uh but cody is ruthless he hits a tiger driver on fuego dirty
1: hill fuego del sol
0: I don't know if Fuego deserved it or not, Floyd. I don't know. I don't know if I can jump on that with you. Um, but Sammy dives in. He sort of throws Cody to the outside um, before diving on him. Uh, and then he gets hits the GTH on Cody, but he isn't satisfied with just that. Um, Sammy pulls out a giant 12 foot ladder, places Cody on another ladder that's balancing between the ring and the guardrail. Uh, and in you know perfect um, perfect fashion, Cody was the one that brought that out. So he's obviously the one that's going to go through it <laughs> earlier in the match. So he's the one that's going to go through it. Uh, and then Sammy climbs the larger ladder, looks at the camera, tells, tells, tells everyone how crazy he is, and then proves it by diving off it onto Cody. Hits Cody and doesn't break the ladder, whiplashes off it. Oh, it's, it looks brutal. But miraculously, he is able to get up. He climbs the ladder in the center, but he's met by Cody, who manages to drag himself up to the top. Um, But the two exchange fisticuffs at the top. And then with the hanging belts, Sammy knocks Cody off, um, giving him time to unstrap them and take the win. Now, you mentioned the the diabolical heel work of Fuego Del Sol here, (laughs) Floyd already. Um, But what were your thoughts on like the ending little sequence from the match?
1: it was important because if you think about every uh like important moment at sammy, sammy's tnt title run Fuego had been there right if you think about miro the reason that the whole fight happened it was him taking you know uh miro beating on fuego and then sammy trying to uh take up for him and then sammy you know being the big brother you know so Fuego's like trying to finally return to favor. He sees Cody's going to a whole different level of violence. And he's going to try to break, basically break Sammy's leg. And he had to come out and say, man, this is going too far. And then Cody being Cody and Cody is at this point trying to protect his spot. And so anyone that's in the way between him and beating up Sammy is an enemy. So even Fuego, his kind of little brother gets dropped on the head. It was just like, it just showed the intent of the wrestlers, how important this moment is. And, you know, a lot of these times when you're putting someone over, it becomes all about the other person winning, you know? And this was showing a moment of where it was like how desperate Cody was to retain.
0: Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. And even just the fact that he was able to get up after Sammy, you know, didn't put him through a ladder, but sort of <laughs> gave him a good thunking off the top of one. Did um, his best you know. did his best to put him yep. through a ladder. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that that moment when he whiplashes off the face like him landing on the ground after he whiplashed off Cody off that ladder was was the worst thing that could have possibly happened to him. Yes. Um and I, I like the ending of it. Um, you know, one of the things with the Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks match is it's really decisive, um, their ladder match, the ending of it. And they don't end up at the top of the ladder, both trading fisticuffs. But that works for the story of that match. Um, with this one, I think it works that they both end up at the top, trading fisticuffs. It's so close, but Sammy is able to, like, finally get the one-up that he needed um, and knocks Cody off. Uh, it's It's a really good ending to a ladder match. Um, overall, like sh- share your thoughts on this match.
1: Oh, overall, uh, thought it was perfect. I, I just, um, you needed a big moment for Sammy going forward into the TNT title. And whenever you need a big moment, whenever you need an over top moment, you call Cody and that's what Cody does. <laughs> and this is, uh, this is what Cody does. This is like a ladder match. It's like, okay, this is going to be great. Cause you know, Cody can be as re- Ridiculous as he wants to and then you have Sammy Guevara who has Basically the only person that I can say Has less regard for their Body yeah. and their safety is Darby Allen this Yeah is probably that's probably The only person less because Sammy Will literally jump off of anything So they were the perfect Pair for this because Cody's gonna want to do something silly And Sammy's gonna say yes to whatever So it was like it was they were Perfect in how this uh, worked out And you know he kind of let me victory lap and, you know, be like, hey, five-star Cody Rhodes, two five-star yep. matches, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, because that's what I call him, five-star Cody Rhodes, because he can throw one out anytime he wants to, you know, if, if you know, uh, but in this case, it was just like, it was like, yes, that was great. And and in this moment, I had this moment where, of course, at this point in time, no no inkling or anything Cody was going anywhere but at this point in time it was just like man what's next it didn't mm. seem like there was a next for Cody it felt really definitive Where I'm like oh I man I'm not saying this like oh I know what happened like I have conversations where I'm talking to my friends like that kind of felt like that rivalry's over so what's Cody mm. gonna do now?
0: Cody is underrated on the like, in terms of wrestlers that don't have any regard for their well-being. Like, even the safest wrestler you can think of, like, I don't know, who who would be the stereotypical pick? The Miz, right? Even the safest wrestler, compared to a normal person, has no regard for his physical (laughs) well-being. But Cody, like, he doesn't get the – I don't think he gets credit for it because he doesn't do – he doesn't do flips. He's not little and he doesn't do flips. But he – is an absolute psychopath who will do anything for wrestling. <laughs> he will give his whole body for wrestling. He will he is, literally he set like,
1: himself on fire.
0: He will set himself <laughs> on fire. He will he will wrestle with a ridiculous injury. He will cut himself to no end, and he will, like, do crazy ladder matches like this one at the blink of an eye, like at the drop of a hat, and he'll do it all for wrestling. Like, he, he is an utter psychopath. And... He's with another person who's exactly like that, Sammy Guevara. (laughs) And, you know, so it was always going to be spectacular, this match. But overall, I think the things that I like about it most, and I'm not a guy who loves ladder matches, honestly, but the things I love about it is I love the progression. I love the the way that it's structured, Um, as we talked about, you know, it, it makes them earn the different spots. They're not fighting on the top of the ladder until, like, the last beat of the match which is really good um it's really brilliant that that's like the final bit of the match is them fighting on the top the top rungs of the ladder and they haven't got to that point yet it shows that they've paced and structured the match so well um and you know as i said i'm not a i'm not a giant ladder match fan but this one is amongst the best um it has to be said and yeah i'm I while i was you know on the on the uh the match on the match guide show where we unveiled the top 10 i was disappointed that this at the last second pitted the uh the Brian Danielson Eddie Kingston match to be in the top 10 like on the last round of votes that i entered into my little spreadsheet i think it's well earned that this ended up in the top 10 um for what it is for what it represents um and for for how well it is executed
1: yes and i'm glad it made the top 10 um, you know, Cody need to be represented in the top mm. 10. Uh, but uh, it was like I said, it, it really did. Again, it, it, it c- kind of gave you a reset on Sammy's title run. Yep. That, from first title run. And it was like, well, you can go somewhere else from there. I don't like where they went after. Yes. It, but <laughs> it, it, they did have the reset mm. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Look, let's let's get into
0: sort of the legacy questions. As I said, we're going to talk about Cody, but we do need to talk about Sammy as well. As you said, this was a sort of could have acted as a reset for his TNT title run. But what do you think of Sammy's TNT title run all up? You know, I'll just let you I'll let you answer that question. Then I'll give you Then I'll give my thoughts.
1: Okay. so I just think he was never established as elite to me. And I think that was the goal of the TNT title, you know, uh, when when you got it, that meant you were on that level. And I feel like largely even after he got his title, he's kind of in a very similar position as he was before he won the TNT. Well, not like before, but like, yeah, before he won the TNT title, mm, like yeah. months before on the buildup, he's still kind of in that same position. And I think it has everything to do with how he was booked as champion.
0: I think this could have acted as a reset and this was easily the peak of the, of the run that he had, but you know, the messiness coming in only got worse as, as things progressed with the, the way that wasn't, there was like, there was another interim title at one point and there was shenanigans galore with and no one liked no one liked Sammy and and Tay Conti by the end of this, um so much so they had to turn them heel, uh and no one liked Scorpio Sky <laughs> either, um and that became the main feud for the TNT title. Sammy didn't get to have like the kind of show closing bangers that like Darby Allen did, and that's like I guess the easiest comparison because they're you know two people who have been. Who are pegged on the same level? They're like not established guys like Cody or Brody Lee. Um, they are up and comers who are like these are the future of the company. And Darby Allen left the TNT title, um, the TNT title run looking really, really strong. And you know, like Rich and James on One Nation Radio were saying, like, why is Hangman Page being spoken about as the next AEW champion when? darby darby allen has proved himself to be such a reliable champion as tnt like drawing numbers genuinely drawing numbers in tv main events and drawing interest and putting on great matches whereas sammy left the tnt title run being like this guy needs to hit reset again he needs to get back with chris jericho which like he'd previously sort of grown out of uh you know it it was it was just messy um and i guess the the build up to this Cody feud was sort of, I guess, red flashing lights for that, um, and like people blamed Cody a lot for that at the time, but maybe it wasn't all Cody.
1: It wasn't. Uh, I think there was. I mean, I think there was a lot of people to blame. I mean, could Cody have been a part of it? Yes, Cody mm. tried to fix it. You know, he did on his way out. He tried to fix it, mm. but it was like I don't know. I, I generally have a really good idea of what you can do. I can be like, okay, if you just do this, this or that. I don't know what if fi- what would have fixed Sammy's run. I don't know at this point because it was mm. just so much happened, even stuff out of his control with the COVID, that it was kind of snake bitten. Mm. Yeah. And it also at that point he
0: was getting shuffled behind guys like you know Punk and MJF having this incredible feud. Yeah, Danielson and Moxley having this incredible feud, and you know like he just he just can't match that level of star power because he isn't a star like Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. Like you know he's not a talker like any of those guys. He, like he's a stunt man. He's probably he can do better stunts than most of those people, but he's not a wrestler like most of those guys. Like he just he got put into the crunch of the star power and the TNT title, which was probably meant to help him float a little bit, didn't help in the end, I guess, which is a shame because, you know, he is someone who still has a lot of potential, particularly as a heel. And maybe, you know, maybe the, the next thing would be to try this again with him as a heel.
1: Yeah. And I, I think it is. I think that's where you go. I don't know how long it's going to be before you get there, but I, you know I mean? That's it. Sammy's Hmm. a top, top heel. Sammy is a heel that you can count on again, Mm. punchable face. Uh, You know, now he's, you know, got the job and the super hot, uh, super hot wife. That's going to, that's going to make people hate him even more. Even them dating, even them finding Mm. out people find out they dating made him hate him. So he has like built in heat. So that works.
0: Yes. Yeah. I I do hope things pick up for Sammy, even though he's not my favorite wrestler, but I, I do think, he's someone that the company has invested a lot in and there is potential. There's definitely potential there. Um,
1: we've seen that we've seen enough of that, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, now, maybe... When Cody, when Cody left and I was like going through my, Oh, I need a new favorite wrestler. He was in my, he was in my five. He was in that five of people. I was considering for that spot that eventually went to Darby Allen. Darby Allen. I, I, see, I would have picked,
0: Dax Harwood was your favorite wrestler, but there you go. Darby Allen. No, FTR
1: is my favorite tag team. Oh, okay. Yes. These are important specifics. I (laughs) I was looking for a singles guy. I mean, I like Dax as a singles wrestler, but come on with him and FTR, with him and uh, cash are in the ring together. That's just magical.
0: (laughs) Well, we'll have to talk about it at another time, Floyd, because we now have to talk about the legacy of Cody in AEW. Um, As we said, like, A brilliant 2019, brilliant 2020, difficult 2021, leaving the company to go to WWE after talking buttloads of trash, like being probably the one that stoked the fires of competitiveness the most. But also one of the founders who this wouldn't have happened with, you know, one of the people that put down money to make All In happen, which is essentially, you know, the pilot episode for for AEW. What is Cody's legacy in AEW to you,
1: Floyd? I mean, he was he was the general of the AEW army. He was. He was the voice. He was the PR guy. He was the front. He was the front man for AEW for a long time. And you got a lot of great wrestlers that are kind of quiet leaders that don't like to be out front. Cody likes to be out front. He doesn't mind it. He can take it on the chin. He can most of the time take the criticism. Uh, But, and that's what he was. He was the voice of the elite. Like, like I said, Kenny, the Bucks, heart of the elite, probably the business side of the elite. Mm. Cody was the voice. He was the guy that got people, uh, the rah-rah. He was the one that understood that people didn't just want an alternative. They wanted, they wanted an enemy they wanted someone to go against the WWE and every and and this all like oh we're just off an alternative we're not trying to compete it was great but it was great and it was a great idea but you needed someone to stoke that fire you needed to someone to light the fire under the passionate of AEW and that was Cody and I can honestly say ever since he's gone no one has taken on that mantle so it's kind of missing
0: that's interesting you'd say that. I'll
1: I'll answer that in a tick.
0: <laughs> yeah. For me, the legacy of Cody and AEW, there's a few people who I would say AEW wouldn't have happened without. My favorite wrestler, John Moxley, is not one of them. Um the the three wrestlers that I think are the three people whose logos are well, kind of de facto logos I've got on the The picture for the AEW match guide, if you look at your podcast screen at the moment, you'll look down, you'll see some sunglasses for the cleaner, Kenny Omega, some aviators, um, who sort of really, as we said, for both of us, like blew our minds at what was possible in the ring um, and created so much buzz with what he did with Kazichko Carter and really opened a lot of people's minds to there being something outside of AEW that, uh, sorry, outside of WWE um, there is the Young Bucks who created a fan movement, created an economy really for indie indie wrestling, and created a like almost a business plan a business model that indie wrestlers could use. Created BTE, um, which was the vehicle that the elite drove to become popular. And then there is the cigars for Cody Rhodes, who like I think Cody's ambition was his key. I don't know if Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks would have. Done something like all in if it wasn't for Cody. Like I, I do not know this, and one day there will be books that will be released that that set this straight. There'll be probably shoot interviews. There'll probably be you know fan arguments about it till the end of time. But um, I feel like Cody's legacy is his ambition to do something big and do something bigger than had been done ever before. Like he was the one that bet Dave Meltzer that they could fit over 10,000 people in a come in a, in an arena and AEW wouldn't have happened without that. Of course, the fourth person who isn't on my, <laughs> doesn't have a logo is Tony Khan who provided the money um, for AEW to happen. But, you know, he's got a whole logo on there and he, you know, will one day maybe be super extra rich than he well super extra richer than he already is because of <laughs> what happens with AEW. Um, but Cody is one of those people, and without him, it wouldn't have happened. And particularly in 2019, he played a central position, not just as that like speech guy, but you know like the match he had with Dustin Rhodes at Double or Nothing did so much, I think, for the company. It was the match that everyone was talking about afterwards. It felt like something completely different, in the same way that Kenny Omega, and it's so my Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Carter felt like something completely different that no one had seen before that Dustin Rhodes, Cody Rhodes match felt like something no one had seen for so long. Uh, and it, it opened a lot of people's eyes to AEW. and he, he will always have that position as one of the, you know, the hearts of AEW. But for me personally, like him leaving didn't necessarily leave a hole. Cause I feel like the whole, the, the position that he he existed in sort of almost got filled before he left it and that was part of the problem is that he was no longer the heart of the company guys like eddie kingston john moxley and then later on cm punk sort of became that heart of AEW in in some ways uh and and like the faces of AEW in the way that cody was and and i think that was part of the issue with him in the end was that he still saw himself as that he still wanted to be that and fair enough. Like he deserved so much for getting a, making AEW happen, but he just wasn't that anymore. And that was just something that, you know, could never be reconciled.
1: So I would ask you, um, just based on your comment, who would you say is the voice of AEW right now? The voice of AEW? Yeah. Like who, Who's the cheerleader? Who is the make sure you're watching the show kind of guy of AEW? Right now, this instant? Yeah. John Moxley. He's not. He is not. You're not in the same way of, that Cody. Not in the he's, same he's, way that Cody. Because I'm like, I've I'm like, I've never seen this man on Twitter or social no, media. Which no, is, that's, 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 that's not the, what I mean. That's yeah, not I'm what like, I mean. that's the microphone of the world, right? Yeah.
0: I, I get what you're saying. That's not what I mean when I say John Moxley and the heart of the what I mean is the heart, as in like this is the guy, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, probably to a lesser degree Hangman Page, but these are the guys who are the emotional heart of the company. Yes, um, but but fair enough. Like I I will agree with you that no one is fulfilling that role that Cody is. Like you know, none of those guys are having a, a TNT reality show or going on as a judge on the, the big, the okay. go big show. Okay. Yeah. No that's one, what I, no one that's has what I that was position.
1: Yeah. Yes. That's what I was meaning. We we're talking like, about, dif- we are talking about different things. Different Got it. things yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cody was kind of the spokesperson of AEW. He was out there in the world, letting people know AEW exists. And I don't think anyone's doing that anymore. Down the line, I reckon MJF could do that as well. when he Oh, he definitely eventually. could <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not saying, yeah. I am not saying the position can't be filled. Yeah. I don't, I'm saying the position hasn't been filled. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, as far as the heart and soul, yeah. Mm. How did you feel about Cody leaving AEW? I, and I was waiting on this one. It was always the plan for me. For me really? as a Cody fan, when Cody left, when wow. he announced his release, The goal, in my mind, was Cody, go out, get bigger, come back, main event WrestleMania. That was always the goal. That was always the hope. When AEW started, and he's like, oh, I think I might have burned that bridge, and it's over, that piece of me kind of went away, and it kind of broke my heart to a point when he said that, right? Because my map was always back at WWE, right? So then... I heard the rumor, and then they announced that uh, he was not with the company anymore. I would say two hours later, and I mean, I got time stamps. I had already bought a ticket to WrestleMania. <laughs> I knew, I knew uh... he was. I knew what it, I knew what it meant. I knew where he was going. I knew he was coming. He was going home. I knew it, and you know, first start, step of the plan, show up in WrestleMania second step of the plan main event WrestleMania let's go
0: and third step of the plan is uh, win the belt I guess
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> no 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 to be, like to be completed <laughs> yes yes if he ultimately I got the pencil he's the guy that beat Truman you know but that's, that's
0: interesting that you had that reaction because I honestly had the absolute opposite reaction like emotionally I get why like I've explained why I think he left um but emotionally for me i was thrown for a loop like for me and i think there's a lot of fans who felt like me maybe even feel even stronger like i felt a little bit burnt by some of it because of the way he talked about things early on Uh, and stuff that i really bought into and i really bought into cody rhodes as like the revolutionary and you know people will say you're an idiot for believing a wrestler. These people lie for a living, but I did. I got worked. I got worked by Cody Rhodes big time. And it's one of the reasons it's one of the reasons I loved what he did in 2019 so much was because I bought into that all so heavily and it hurt honestly, like it hurt a little bit when he left, even though 2021 had been horrible. I was like, how can you go back after everything you've said and done? And then when he's saying things like, oh, I, I had all of the matches I wanted. It's like, what do you mean? You didn't want to wrestle John Moxley. You didn't want to wrestle Kenny Omega. You didn't want to wrestle Hangman Adam Page. How dare you say that? Like the stories you could have told were incredible, but you chose well, I, not to. You chose to go back to this place that didn't respect you before. Because
1: AEW didn't value him.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the truth. Ultimately, like,
1: yeah, and I mean, comes I down mean to. There, yeah. there was a number he wanted and there was a yep. number they weren't willing to pay. Yep. I don't feel like I never felt betrayed by Cody because the one thing I have known, I am, you know, one thing I have known is wrestling's a business, yeah. you know? And it's like, if you're putting in as much work as he does basically being the face of AEW being the hmm. PR of AEW doing all of that stuff, shouldn't you be compensated for that? he was not yeah so and, and, and so- like
0: <laughs> i'm i'm not saying like as i said i understand why cody's done it and i'm not like i'm not trying to criticize cody uh-huh. for, for doing it i'm the one who got worked like call me a mark whatever you want like i don't care i, I like i invest in wrestling and i invested in that so heavily and when it when it kind of went like it was very strange it was very strange I, it, to me as and there Cody, was an element of me that was like yeah piss off don't let the door hit you on the way out like you know you weren't listening to us for the last year when we we're saying you need to change well good riddance um but you know it
1: just ran its course yeah you know? yeah i mean like i said it felt done after it is same. weird it was weird man it was weird <laughs> And no, no, but I, I, anyone that felt that way about Cody, I will not argue with you. That is yep. part of me. Like I completely understand, you know. But Eric Bischoff ended up working for WWE, right? Yeah. Jeff Jarrett held up WWE at, yeah. at a point and ended up working for WWE. The Ultimate Warrior, <laughs> The Ultimate Warrior sued WWE more times than people can count, and he ended up working for the WWE. What Cody did was way on a lower level than any of that. So I never yeah. thought that door was, I thought the door might've been closed in his mind, yeah. but I never thought yeah. the door was closed on the WWE's end.
0: Yeah. And, and you know what the, when I saw him at WrestleMania, I was like, of course this makes sense because yeah. he fits, he fit in so immediately fit in. So he fit in so well, but he's felt different. Like, he felt like a bigger star in WWE than he'd felt like as a star in AEW. But he also fit into WWE. If, I, I'm not sure if that makes sense. Can you try and put it in a more succinct no, way?
1: <laughs> I mean, he was a WWE guy. Yeah, And even in AEW, when you would get an eight matches and seven of them were AEW matches, Cody's would feel like a WWE match. He was always a WWE guy. His style really never changed. You know, he added a couple more moves, but in general, he bled a he, lot more than even, he ever did in the WWE. <laughs> it, uh, yes, but even in his matches, he would bring out the ladder. Mm. He would tease the pedigree. Mm. It was always he was always reminding you that he was the WWE guy. Yep. Yeah. He never took that off. He never took his foot off that pedal. Yeah. When some people are like I want you to forget who I was in the WWE. He's like, I want you to remember what the WWE didn't know they had.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now they do. And,
1: yeah. it, I, and apparently I'm... he got paid handsomely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> good, good, good for him. Take all yeah. of Vince, that, that gross Vince McMahon's money. Um, I I think it's probably easy to say from your tone there. And from what I've said, we both think that, so far, he's running the WWE has been a roaring success. We don't normally it, talk WWE here, but because we're talking about Cody, I think we need to.
1: <laughs> so very rarely does it's like and I don't know if the injury had anything to do with it, that they build up something or, in a, you know, they build up someone and they kind of and they deliver with the presentation. I think in the first few months of Cody, they delivered with the presentation completely mm. it's cody felt bigger than he's ever felt before same yep. music same everything but he feels bigger and um and a great thing about wwe fans they they don't just hate you you know because you're yeah. uh successful you know you know you know they got the miz for that and they got seth rollins for that so they're not gonna hate uh, cody because you know he's successful they're gonna root behind him and you know, and again, the prodigal son comes home. Mm. That's what Corey Graves said. And that's what he was. It was like, no yep. more, nobody, nobody was the rah-rah WWE sucks guy more than uh <laughs> uh than Cody. And it was like, oh, he came back. And I in a lot of ways, it was just like it was perfect. And it was like, mm. you know, when I came out of it, even though I am hardcore, diehard. still go to everything AEW fan. Nothing has Mm. changed. My bitterness for that week went towards Tony Khan more than it did Cody. Mm. I was like, pay him. Whatever he says. What number did he write down? Pay him. (laughs) Oh, he wants more than CM Punk? Pay him. (laughs) You know, that's how I was. It was just like, because that's how valuable he was to the company. But, oh my God, when he went to WWE, that moment, I was there in day, night one of WrestleMania Uh, WrestleMania, I'm in the building and then the music hits and, you know, some of my friends have seen my reaction video. I'm not going to put it on the internet because I don't want millions of people making fun of me. But, um, (laughs) no, uh, and and that motion, and it was just like, wrestling has more than one world family. That was it. That was the moment. That was worth everything. The thousands of miles I've traveled following that man Mm. led to that obviously
0: we're early into this run with triple H as the head of creative. And there seems to be sort of a loosening of the strings a little bit. And I think Cody will succeed even more because of that. You know, there's, there's people talking about how like triple H isn't going to like Cody because Cody took so many shots at him. I think that's BS. Like it, he's joined the WWE and he's shown like what he can do in such a great way. And you, you also brought up a, a, interesting point that the wwe crowd immediately got behind him which was was cool to see and i think one of the great things that AEW did for wwe is it took a lot of jaded fans and and gave them something they wanted so they're no longer the ones that are at wwe because you know in say 2018 or something there was you know beach ball there was problems with beach balls and chants, and they're you know people doing countdown timers during Iron Man matches because they just weren't engaged in what they were seeing. But now like the WWE fans that go to those arenas, they invest in the stories in the way that AEW fans that go to AEW arenas invest in AEW stories. And sometimes there'll be the odd weird thing, you know, where you'll get a watch chant or, you know, something won't fly the way, you know, Liv Morgan might get booed when she's meant to be, you know, the face women's champion um, or, you know, I'm I'm just using these examples, not trying to take shots at WWE literally last last week. Jungle Boy got what chanted. So it happens at both kinds of arenas. But I, I think like having that
1: split is good for fans of both companies. Ultimately, oh, absolutely. You need to have people going over and coming back or whatever yeah. they're going to do, because it just makes wrestling more entertaining. Yeah. You know, yep. it keeps you on the edge of your seats. You know like the moment sasha left that's all everybody's like oh so she's showing up this week or Gargano's showing up this week mm. or this person's showing up this week that's part of the excitement of wrestling yep. So cody was the first domino that went the other way you know yep and yep. again trend setting like he does you know he doesn't follow the trend he <laughs> sets his own path and you know We'll see if it, uh, anyone else does.
0: But that was okay. Final question, and this is putting you on the spot a little bit. I didn't didn't warn you about this question. But final question for the for the day: Who's the
1: next big name to jump across from AEW to WWE? I don't know how long his contract is, so I was I was not able to look this. But if I said anybody, it'd be Ricky Starks.
0: Ricky, yeah, good good pick, good pick. One of I Cody's did, boys.
1: And he and he's great on the mic. He has, he's got TV good looks. Yep. I mean, mean, he, he, he kind of, he fell through the cracks and he never got the spot there, but he's a, probably a more WWE guy than anybody uh, on, you know, I mean, the only other person I could think of is like someone like, like that would be as close as Ricky Starks is Wardlow. But I think, I think Wardlow is pretty going to be pretty loyal to AEW.
0: Yeah a lot of people would say MJF because obviously he is someone that any wrestling company would be interested in. Like all Japan should be trying to sign, (laughs) trying to sign MJF as far as I'm concerned. Um, But the person who I think they're going to make a big move for WWE, and I don't know if they'll get it or not, but it will be interesting to see what happens is Kenny Omega. Because his contract finishes – so he had a three-year contract and signed a one-year extension. So his his contract runs until the end of January 2023. Um, And there are things that they could do with Kenny Omega there, uh, particularly with Triple H in charge. I reckon they make a big play for him, like a big money play. Because can you imagine them signing Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega? Um, it would be it would be incredible i don't know if kenny omega would be interested in it at all he'd be mad not to take them at least take the meeting to try and jack up his contract price a little bit um it would be wild as a kenny omega fan for me to see him in wwe um there would be a lot of cognitive dissonance going on on my part if that happened in a lot of people's parts but i think they make a big play for him that would be
1: awesome if they did that I would, I'm down, uh, uh, I, I, uh, but the whole thing is, I, 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 I would want to go look out for my friend, Rich, because yeah, poor Rich, you I don't, know I, I, don't I, I don't know. I don't know if he could handle that. You yep. know, that's that's my boy. I, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you, he, he might, he might he like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just like, cause I'd be like, remember all that stuff you were saying about Cody? Yeah.
0: It <laughs> it, would, it would make riveting podcasts to listen to here on the Social Superplex Podcast yes. Network
1: <laughs> on Nation Radio. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. Um Floyd we have gone over this to exhaustive level. I'm I'm really glad we had this conversation. I think we've covered the ups and downs of the the legacy of Cody Rhodes. We've talked about this match. I I've, I've had a real great time talking to you. All that's left for you, if you've got any final thoughts, just get them out, or otherwise give your plugs and let
1: the people know where they can find you. Final thoughts is in the long history of AEW, when it's going to happen, when however long it runs, it, it, you have to remember Cody as if you know you do the uh, pillars of the future of AEW. He had to be one of the pillars. Of the Indeed. current current w, AEW in the beginning of AEW and you know again he he gave me AEW in essence he mm-hmm. gave me a lot of this stuff so my loyalty to him will always be there even though I do root for other people at times uh, but yeah I I just think you know the big scheme of things you can't forget what Cody did and my plugs is you you want to follow me at Floyd Johnson Jr or uh, follow the show, all things elite at at elite pod. Our shows generally drop Wednesdays. It, uh, the reason we do it is because we like to get uh, a full, as much of a preview of that night's dynamite. So like that Wednesday morning, you can hear about what happened the last week in wrestling, and we can talk about what we expect to happen the next week in wrestling. So we've thought Wednesday has turned it, you know, has Worked out for us. as a great night uh, day to do the show.
0: Absolutely, it's great. It's great to have um, you guys kind of do the current events, and then we've got the match guide that does the historical, the legacy of AEW. It's a, yeah, it's, it's one of it works
1: it's, well. one, it's one of the few podcasts on the Social Duplex. I love all my podcasts. It's the only one that I can say I've listened to every show, even the ones where you know too kind, oh, mate. Too yeah, kind. It is it, like even the ones where. You know, not the most flattering. Like shots at Cody were taken. I am <laughs> still listening. You know. <laughs> well, look, there probably won't honestly be that many more of those.
0: Those. Yeah, yeah. I saying, uh, we're running out matches. of Cody Rhodes matches to have, um, to to listen to, but to to talk about. But he is indeed. I. I I definitely agree with you there. When the history of AEW AEW is written, you cannot write it without having a substantial chapter about Cody Rhodes. Um, If not multiple, um, they are all deserved. Uh, and yeah, look. If you have enjoyed listening to this podcast, you can listen to all of our podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, covering all parts of the world of wrestling. We've got WWE talk, covering New Japan, covering Stardom. Of course, we've got the AEW locked down and all over the place, all over the indies and the and the history of wrestling as well in the other shows. So make sure you check out all of those. And if you do. If you do feel like in your heart or in your pocket, you've got it in you to support the shows, there are links in the description to support the shows through Red Circle financially, and that just goes to paying the bills, so paying for things like hot podcast hosting, um, which does cost money, believe it or not, um, when you run a podcast. And then finally, if you want to talk to me, you can find me on Twitter. At Sir underscore Samuel, and of course you can find this podcast here every Friday. And next week we'll be looking at John Moxley versus Darby Allen. So turning back the clock a little bit to the first the first volume of the AEW Match Guide, um, looking at a championship match that they had, which was a bit of a hidden gem that I've been looking forward to reviewing and talking about since I initially thought of this podcast, so one that you're going to have to indulge me a little bit for, but I hope you'll get a lot out of, and that will be next Friday on the AEW Match Guide podcast, and I cannot wait to see you there. Thank you, Floyd, for joining me today, and thank you for listening out there, and I cannot wait to see you again next week for another great match from the history of AEW. Bye. For listening to the AEW Match Guide Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, then you can subscribe on the podcast app of your choice so you never miss an episode. Also, feel free to let me know on Twitter at Sir underscore Samuel. I'd love to hear from you. The AEW Match Guide Podcast is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network, where you can find many other fantastic podcasts discussing not just AEW by all parts of the world of professional wrestling. Looking forward to seeing you again next week. I'm Sam Brown.